Welcome back to Are You Still Listening? With Are You Still Listening? Sarah and Kira. Today we're going to talk about an actual topic. And, um, you know, I still am of the mind that you don't have to have a topic to no, have a podcast. I agree. I know. And that's why I like you a little bit. <laughs> um, but I want to talk about this topic that we were talking about okay. the other day. And we'll, okay. you know, we will freaking go somewhere else fast. Yeah. We'll squirrel. Yeah. But, um, so why don't you take it, take it from the top? Oh, okay. Well, first off, how are you? Oh, I'm great. How are you? I like when you like at least like give some people some kind of, how's your summer going? How are the kids? Um, things are well, things are oh. very scrambled, but they're well. Okay. I mean, um, there's just a lot of different directions for a lot of different people. And you know, I'm a really bad, uh, transitioner for a transition teacher. Yes. I get really bad anxiety about it. I'm like the kind of person that like I anticipate everything. And then once it happens, I'm like, Oh, we can do this. But it does take a few weeks. Yeah. I always like love, I need more routine, but I love no routine. <laughs> That's like why I like my job at the hospital is because yeah. like nothing's ever the same and I'm just all over the place. But it is the same. But it's not. But it's consistent. That's why you like it because you told me if you didn't have your job at the hospital, you'd be in trouble. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, yeah. You'd if be I like was Andy just Warhol. doing the creative life, yeah, I'd be a crackhead for yeah. sure. Um, but... I know I was saying my friend the other day, her five-year-old twins, her birthday party, and they were all running around and she was like, is this birth control for you to not have another kid? And I was like, no, the first day of summer break with two working parents, seeing it on Instagram, that's my birth control. Yeah. Kara has been saying it to me because she's like, she was like, no, I mean it. Like, how do people that work jobs like Kieran David, seven to seven, when you work, or six six to six, six. how, it's like, what do people do? Somebody has to make a sacrifice and not work. Yeah, then you have no money. Well, babe, welcome to America. <laughs> then I guess you have to have a budget. Well, not only that, but you have to have like so many systems in place. Ugh. I think that's why summer is stressful for me is because systems are not like my strong suit. Yes. But I'm really working hard at it. So what my strong suit is, is a big group text. So, <laughs> every, because I, so I every have day, this amazing system of you put a group text. well, I put the people that are helping me that day. Like, this is when this person gets here. This is when they leave. This is what they need to do. This is where they need to be. This is what, the, what they need to eat. This is the bag they need to have. Like it goes down to that much detail because I mean, I love John to death, but when he, if he has to, he'll look at the text and be like, I have to take this person, but he's not like, I have to take this person and they need their lunch and a towel and sunscreen on their face. Like Which is everything crazy has to be. you are the one, the nope. responsibility of the family is falling on because like, to me, that's, like I said, you're a, you're a macro parent. <laughs> that's why it's stressful because so there's so, the ex- lunches. Making lunches doesn't stress me out. It's the organization of like having somebody there and having the next person be there when they need to be there. Yeah, it's a lot. And like signing up for camps, don't even get me started. Like take me out of my power. It's honestly making me shrivel up. And the (laughs) fact that like my kids that the camps that I signed them up for, they like half like, and they have (laughs) no idea how much money they are. Uh, Okay. Okay. So back to our real topic. So things are going well. Um, What me and Sarah were talking about the other day was that we... I'm doing a new collection release, um, like sometime at the end of June, which also just, I can't pick a fucking date, which already lets me know, like, why don't you do it? Like the beginning of July when everyone's on vacation that week. Okay. People on vacation, they're not going to be online. People need to be at work. Mm -mm. Yes. Totally wrong. Are you on vacation at the beach and you're like, let me set my alarm and go do this at 1 PM? No. Yeah. 
No, when I'm on vacation, I don't get online. If I'm if I'm here, I can't do it at 1 p.m. because I'm working. No, you could do it at 1 p.m. if you're here. Okay. Anyway, keep Anyways, going. Anyways, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Are you annoyed with me already? No, no, not at all. It's something in my eye. <laughs> okay. Um, but so then I was talking about how, you know, I've done like probably now at this point, like eight collections and since last February. Two Februarys ago. And they all had sold out in, like, the longest it took was 12 minutes until the last collection. <laughs> the drama. It took 19 hours. Now, everything sold out in, like, eight minutes except for the very last piece. And was this one of the bigger pieces? Yes. And that's always been... The, so I'm just presencing that because you said you love to do big pieces, but it makes you nervous. Right. And the thing is, you... I guess, like, and my mom is like oh, you just need a channel Van Gogh. You know, none of his art sold and now and all this stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to fucking be a person that the art doesn't sell. Right. I want my art to be out there because that's why I make the art is to like make the world like a more colorful, happy place. Like I don't make it so I can cut off my ear mm-hmm. and die in depression. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> she's like saying like, you got to make it for making it, which I understand that. But I also like want to make it because people want it. And I know that even that this is like a very spoiled problem and but it's still just so hard to like put yourself out there even though it seems like at this point I would be fine I know but this is this is creative block I know and so then like why do you have to it's like why do I have to sell out every single class right I know it can we talk can we call it what it is which is what the ego? Oh, yes. I, mean, I was like, like self-doubt, imposter syndrome? I mean, I don't think it's maybe a little bit for me that, but, f- you know, part of it's ego, I think, and I'm being just totally honest. And then I think part of it for me too is like part of me for me, and I know it is for you too, bottom line. Yeah. Like you've put time into it. Your time is yeah. money. And I know like what, like certain performing classes help pay certain bills and help do this and that and it's like I count on it right so then like okay so say if your class is full at 58 and you have 57 people and you see there's 57 people y'all she is making a face right now and like how 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 do you feel okay well tomorrow let me just I'm just backtrack tomorrow I'm teaching a class at 815. 815. The class can, the room can hold 60. Right now there's 49 people signed up. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. fine. (laughs) (laughs) And I really am fine. And at the same time, and I have to, I'm being totally honest when I say this. Yes. Still, it hits my head. But I mean, years ago, especially when we first opened when I was so fearful of everything, it was like terrifying. But I know it's like, I have to understand like it's summer. People are traveling. Their schedules have changed. Like this, that, and the next. And and at the same time, it still is like, what, what the hell? And like in your logical brain, you know that one, well, first off, that there will be 60 people tomorrow. But two, even if it was 49, that those people are benefiting so much Absolutely. from it. And you also know logically that that's not like anything against you as a person, but it still feels like totally. I'm like, Oh, Oh, you didn't like my class last week. Okay. (laughs) I mean, well, it's just like, and I've said this before too, you know, 
sometimes I have like old stripper mentality that I'm like, well, this is my one trick. Now what? At least you got two jobs. I know, (laughs) but I feel that so intensely because like, I love my job at the hospital, but the thing that I'm passionate about, like I am, I, I mean, I'm definitely passionate about helping people. Maybe not necessarily like my, where I actually help people now, as far as at the hospital, like that's, I love my job because every day is different. It's exciting. You're always learning new things, but like, and I'm super passionate about helping people that can be helped, but I don't know. I'm going to go down another rabbit hole if I do that. But wait, so, wait, can we segue into Megan? Well, yes. Cause that's what, well, that's when it made me realize. Cause I've only known you as a little bit jaded oh, yeah, <laughs> in, so your, in like your actual profession. Yes. Like I know you're so good and you are like up to whatever your code needs to be of honor as a nurse practitioner. But Kira has a very dear friend who I know as well, who is a doll. So funny. And she's recently had a health scare and Kira became her coordinator, her like everything. Yeah. I will. I, so I said to Sarah the other day, like, so basically what happened, this is a very long story, so I can't really get into the details, but like got a diagnosis of a very dangerous cancer that can kill young people very quickly, not a diagnosis, but a high probability. And so then we don't think that's what it is anymore, but right now we're at three weeks out. She still has these tumors in her brain and we do not know what they are. And she's been going through a ton of testing. And I like went so fucking mama bear on this situation like the second she called me and told me that something was wrong like I I went crazy kind of like I spent eight days straight like I was living at the hospital if I wasn't working then I was and there talking with her. to everybody using every single resource every <laughs> single person you knew I'm calling people across the country I'm like calling in favors I'm calling like my boss's boss's boss at the hospital sobbing like you have to help this person and they did right yeah I mean she got all of her workup done really quickly but it still doesn't know like what it is and that whole experience like I've never had to deal with someone that was sick <laughs> that I Kira know. has lived a very charmed life I and this is the most privileged thing anyone could ever say but like nothing bad has ever happened to me really somebody knock on wood somewhere Lindsay, Lindsay, <laughs> hit, that, hit that wood but like I literally the day after she got this like cancer high probability thing I like to Sarah I was sobbing and I was like I can't believe that Mendy, who is one of Sarah's best friends and passed away recently from breast cancer, I was like, I can't believe that I wasn't there for you more when Mendy passed away. And she was like, well, you didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, and your mom, I'm so sorry she died from cancer. And I was like, oh, and she was like, no, it's fine. And she was like, and then when Sarah was walking away, she was like, you forgot to mention Kay, who is her stepmother who also passed away from cancer and Grace, obviously, who was her daughter who passed away. Like somebody blew up my life. Life. That was, t- I couldn't even go towards grace because I had to go something I could touch down on, you know, like yeah, yeah, I yeah. couldn't touch down on the trauma Got of grace. It. I still have not gotten there. Got it. But, um, but I was saying to Sarah, I was like, I just, now that like someone that I love and want to protect and like would do anything for is sick. Like I have to fix this right now. Mm-hmm. And anyone that gets in your way has, yeah. is <laughs> fucked. And all the, one of my attendings who's like very high up at the hospital, she's like, you need to take a deep breath and you don't have a diagnosis first. And I'm like, I cannot take a fucking deep breath until this is fixed mm-hmm. and still not fixed. And look at you breathing. <sighs> I've learned to live with trauma. <laughs> <laughs> Chromania. 
So where did that come from? Um, oh, I guess we were talking about like the, like, as far as saying like at the hospital, like I'm love my job, but like, it's not, I'm not passionate. Like art is like my like breathing. Like that's how I like process things. And also it's so much more personal at the hospital. I'm like working on a team. There's science involved. There's facts involved. There's all these things that you can rely on when like with my art is just like me sitting naked <laughs> on a pedestal in the middle of a room Do full you? of people and asking. Oh yes. Oh yes. 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 Asking yes. if they like me. A hundred, a hundred. Yeah. And you're just like, do you like me? And also this, I'm just going to, we're just going to go to you for a minute and we can talk about all my issues, but you also hate feedback because you think it's criticism. I hate criticism. Feedback is not criticism. But what is the difference? Feedback is to like empower you, to help you grow. The thing is like... The thrill of doing something creative and creating something new and being that, like, you in front of the class, like, teaching how these people, like, a lot of it is related to, I guess, like, not fear necessarily, but, like, if you live a life that you never have any fear, then it's boring. Mm-hmm. When... If, if it doesn't scare the shit out of you a little bit. Exactly. And so that's like the thrill, but that's also the part where it just makes you want to hide. Yeah. Well, and some people do. I know. But like, I don't, I don't like to hide. I know. Me either. <laughs> me either. And I think that's why I like so many people there because the more people there, the l- easier actually maybe it is to kind of hide. Oh, it's so hard. I know. Florence explained it really well in an interview. She just talked about, she's like, you know, you see it on the stage with the mic and there's, you know, a hundred thousand people out there. She's like, and I could just literally put on a fucking show. And then. And sometimes, and then she would go drink herself to death and now she's sober and she doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. But I think too, that like, sometimes it's, it's, it, it's, I know when I put on a show in that room and I know when I teach a really good class. And that's like just the best feeling. Yeah, like when it's like, like okay, so I taught this class yesterday. Kira was there, packed, mat to mat. It was great, but I just there was something I had. Van had been sick, so I was up like eight times that night. Blah blah, and I did not step into my body until we started doing arms without weights, and then it was like everybody's into it. And when everybody's into it, you're so into it, and that's why you're like when everybody buys right, you're like everybody's into it. You know. Yeah. And it's just, it's a drug, I tell you. And then it's- I don't know the answer to this podcast. I just know that this is (laughs) the truth. This is just pondering life. Well, I was listening, I took Carter's spin class this morning and she was talking about, you know, like the new trainers or whatever, like how do you have confidence when you get on the podium? And I was like, put a fucking mic on us and we come alive. Put a fucking mic on us, fill every bike or every mat spot in that room. And maybe it's not, maybe everybody can't do that. But I mean, that for me- there's a lot of people that cannot do that. I'm like- Oh, it, my whole mind transitions. Like I'm chat, chat, chatting before class. And then that, like that first song, I'm like, everybody gets quiet. And I'm like, I literally say to myself, I'm like, let's go. I remember one time when I first started taking your class and I didn't really take your class until I started teaching here. Like, I think I'd only maybe taken a few of your classes, but so I started taking your class and I remember at the end of class, like you were like sitting on your knees and like your phone was in front of you, but like, and you were like kind of bowed down. So everyone is sitting there like in 
Indian style or whatever. And they're like, you're going to, you know, do the final word and the namaste and all this stuff. And you just like, were talking like so freely from your heart. Cause like, I remember just like opening my eyes to be like, did she write this down? Is that why she's looking at her phone? But like, you weren't looking at your phone, your eyes were closed. It just happened to be there. Cause you had like changed the music. And I was just like, this is just like from a different place. Mm-hmm. And you were so, you're like so embodied. The in last that. moments I feel, I just feel that I look, cause I look like from where I sit, like my view of everybody is like the whole energy has shifted every time. Yeah. And it's just like, fills me with some magic <laughs> I know and then like but then the other half of it is that you were saying about like I think about like artists that are so loved and been touring for a long time like if it's like Dave Matthews and like the other day you were saying like in class how many people have listened to this song live you know and it's like everyone between the age of you know, mm-hmm. 50 and like 30, 30 yeah. and maybe like a little on both sides has seen this concert live. And so then Dave Matthews, who is obviously like an insanely talented musician, such a creative, he's like somewhere in that, like, I mean, embodied the nineties, but also has been so like far reaching beyond that. Then I'm like, how fucking sick is he of singing crash? <laughs> you know? But then the people want that. I know. But then as a creative, you're like, I want more. Because I was telling Maggie this yesterday. We went and did this workout outside of the studio with the trainer, and he's wonderful. And I was like, I swear to God, if I have to say Kundalini Swat one more time this fucking week. <laughs> I was just, I think like a lot of the reason that like teaching yoga was hard for me, there's a lot of reasons it was very hard for me. You did teach once a week. I know. Okay. But I think that like even once a week, like I would feel like I can't do this again. I already did that last week. Like it's, there's not enough space in the room for me to be able to, to be creative. Okay. So let's talk about your art because you can do that with your art. Right. But then you can't, we talked about, cause people like, well, so people want, people follow you for a reason and then you evolve and I've evolved, but you also can only evolve so much. Now the flip side of that is Do you ever think you do like a black and white collection? Um, I love black. Like, especially in art and in architecture and all that stuff. But I don't know. I mean, it, it would be hard for me. I mean, you can evolve. So it's like this. I said earlier, the sophomore slump. So say you put out this first album and it's fucking a banger. Every hit. Everyone loves it. Everyone's waiting. Next one, next one, next one. Yeah. And then like Mumford and Sons, when they did the electric album, everyone was enraged and they're like, how the fuck could they do an electric album? This isn't the Mumford I know, but like it was amazing album, but people want what they want. Feel, especially fans feel personally attacked that you would change without them giving you the okay. And now a word from our sponsor. For over 15 years, Meg Humphrey has been helping children, adolescents, and their families from across the nation find answers so their child can feel their best and perform their best, not just in school, but in life. She provides comprehensive neuropsych-based evaluations. If you're like, what does that mean? She digs in deeper to look at a wide range of brain functions and skills, such as areas of academic functioning, cognitive ability, along with social, emotional, and behavioral functioning. Her evaluations can reveal diagnoses such as ADHD, anxiety, depression, and learning disabilities such as dyslexia, dysgraphia, and dyscalculia. 
Her approach focuses on revealing what is going on with her client as a whole so she can make an individualized plan that targets specific needs, not just providing a diagnosis. Many behavioral and emotional concerns are misunderstood and often have unknown underlying causes. Meg works to determine the root cause, not just skimming the surface to address symptoms. This not only helps the child, but the family and the teachers fully understand and support the child. Not many children wake up and say, I want to be mad and sad and cause a lot of trouble today. Most children want to please others. There's typically a reason why a child is acting out. Meg loves helping children and parents because she gets to help them find these answers, which provides understanding and a lot of relief for the whole family. After the testing, Meg will make individualized recommendations for home and school. Intervention recommendations may include tutoring, school-based accommodations, extended time on entrance exams, speech and language therapy, ADHD coaching, parenting support, counseling, and or referrals to other professionals in the community. Summer is a great time to begin this journey, so you can start the next school year knowing exactly what your child needs, so you don't have to keep guessing. To learn more, visit www.meg.com. M-E-G-Humphrey, H-U-M-P-H-R-E-Y.com and follow her on Instagram at Meg W. Humphrey, LLC. So true. Macklemore talks about that too. Like, I can't remember what song that is that he talks about it, but talking about like how he like put out this album and then like he was like couldn't get back there and so he was just like smoking weed all the time and was just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then, you know, he was just like sit down and like, put down the weed and like get to it. Yeah. Well, that, but that is one of the answers is definitely like, you just have to keep working. Yeah. And it's like, if you work hard enough and I know hustle culture and all that stuff, but like you, let's talk about that. I know that I, and I know that I'm, and I don't care if other people are like not into it. I thrive in that though. Oh my, my bread and butter, baby. <laughs> I'll outwork anyone. I- <laughs> I don't see it as a competition like Kira. She's a, she's a sleep competition person too, even though she's married to the best sleeper in the world. Yeah, he sleeps for both of us. Um, but I, you know, like what is so wrong? Okay, this is going to be so unpopular opinion, but I don't care. Like what is so wrong sometimes with zoning out to social media? I understand the where, where you'd be like, well, you're not being present. You're not being this. You're not being creative, like Kira would say. But sometimes does it not feel good just to lay in your fucking bed and just be like, dun, 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 Okay, dun. well, I don't know how we got there from hustle culture. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I love hustle, hustle culture. I lay in my bed and scroll through Instagram for 10 hours, and that is my hustle. <laughs> no, but I'm just, what I'm saying is people like to poo-poo on, like, things. Yeah. That, and I understand, like, when I'm, when I really want to be present, like I don't need to be on my phone. I don't need to be in the studio because it's actually harder for me. But like we I enjoy working. Yeah. Like even if I complain, I'm like, I'm fucking tired. I'm sick of putting out this fire or that fire or answering this question or checking email or whatever it is. Like I really enjoy being in it. Yeah. I mean, there's no satisfaction like there's obviously other kinds of satisfaction, but like the the feeling of like doing really good work and working really hard and then you see the fruits of your labor. Like yeah. that is unlike anything. Unlike anything. I mean if you think about like even I mean I feel like this started like when I was in high school because I would I would get so into like in college like studying and like I would just like binge study, you know? Like no, I, would I don't be- know. <laughs> see maybe it's because it's all fresh to me. <laughs> I awake for like a whole day like just like let's go and I would just be studying so intensely and then you take the exam and while you're taking the exam you're just flying through and then afterwards you're like oh I did it it's like the so you just felt so good satisfaction see I must I started later a hundred percent not no 
School uh-huh. was not my thing. Okay. School's not a lot of people's things. Even if, you know, culture likes to tell us it should be. Right. I just could, I, I always felt like I was really behind. Like I always felt like I could never understand or keep up or, I th- and I, th- I think I like blamed a lot of it on like the way I lived, like right. with my mom, you know, cause there wasn't a whole lot going on there, no rules. I mean, there was things going on, but not right. those things. But it's just, it, well, that's not even true. Cause when I lived with my dad, there was a lot of structure. I just like, it, I had such a hard time with it. I feel like it's really, really hard for some people. But I still have a hard time with, like, things, school things like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, to me, that's, like, safe zone. Like, I'm like, let's go, school. Oh, no. I'm like, tell me your problems. (laughs) Yeah, you're very emotionally intelligent. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about aging? (laughs) (sighs) Well, I actually had this, I had a, um, this is TMI, but who cares? I had a pap today for the first time since the twins were born. Oh, thank God. I said you have to go get a pack. And when I went there, because I'm very anti-scale, because I can go to a really crazy place because I my weight slides and I just, you know, being in front of the mirrors all the time, like I just don't even want to play that game with myself. So I was like, I told, I texted my doctor before because she's a friend of mine and I was like, I just don't want to get on the scale. She's like, you don't have to. And then I got there and the nurse was so kind and I just didn't want to have this whole conversation about like, well, I talked to Natalie she said I don't have to get on the scale. Right. So she was, I just told her, I was like, I don't want another number. She's like, just turn around. And so she took, did then, oh, and my blood pressure was great. Oh, good. Like 123 over 82. Beautiful. Is that good? Beautiful. Yeah. Dr. Okay. Yorsha will be so happy. Um, and then when Natalie, when I went in to do the PAP or whatever, Natalie was we were talking and she's like, all right, well, you know, you're 41, almost 42. And we were talking about, cause my mom had breast cancer. I don't have the BRCA gene, but because of my age and like certain things, like I am at a little bit of a higher risk and blah, blah. Right. And she was like, but I want you to know your weight is in a very healthy. She's like, I'm not gonna tell you the number, but your weight is in a healthy range and like your BMI, everything's great. Right. And I was like, it's such a mind fuck. And she was like, but she's like, but what you're doing with being in, cause I was like the word healthy, as some of us know, is like, it's so crazy that that can even trigger something. Right. And she was like, what? But she's like, but Sarah, you're changing the conversation. She's like, so you don't need to be like a twig. Like you're out there doing your thing like a normal 41 year old woman. Yeah. So to come back to your question, what do I think about age? I think it's hard when my skin's a little crepey. Your skin's not crepey. A hundred percent. Kira, you don't even understand. You have the best skin. Um, I mean, I literally just got Botox and Meredith was like, Let's talk about this melasma. And I was like, oh, God. Um, I, I, like my, I like my age on the inside. But maybe I critique myself a little more on the outside. But then I feel also like I've never felt sexier. Oh, okay. Because I'm really confident. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, like, John's never given me more attention his whole life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, confidence is like, that's like the biggest turn on. Number one. I was just like thinking about this because... How do you feel about age? I love aging. Well, you're younger than me. You're okay, a baby. not that much younger than you. You're 37. Yeah, that's younger. I know I'm younger, but like you always act like I'm a child. Yeah, well, you're a little medium child. <laughs> but um, I guess like... I think obviously this is like not groundbreaking, but women in our culture, like after a certain age can really get forgotten Mm. and like no attention. No one fucking cares about you. You're washed up like a 65 year old man. Like he's still like, Oh, I'm this like CEO of the company. Like a 65 year old woman, a 65 year old man with money. Yes. 
But even if, even if they don't have money, I feel like, I mean, obviously men with money get like more attention, but there's no, I don't know. Like, I guess like I, it seems to society and then maybe women buy into this partially. Like sometimes I feel like anyone that's like over 40 as a woman is like, okay, this is my life. I'm settled. Right. And I don't feel like that about a man. But also, I mean, I, this isn't even like a man-woman conversation, but I guess more like, I feel like we still have so much time, but you hear the narrative of like, okay, it's over. I don't feel like it's over at all. I feel like, honestly, it's just beginning. Not just beginning. I shouldn't say that. That's stupid. I feel like it's getting richer. Yes. It's such a good way to say so, it. So my, all right, so let's talk about it. Like age... Uh, externally, it can be a little tricky, like being in front of mirrors all day in spandex with a bunch of 20 year olds. Right. Yes. But at the same time, like I'm funnier, maybe only to myself. It's all that matters. I have more experience. I am a hundred percent more dialed in. And even though I'm like a really fast moving person, like if someone needs to come talk to me, I'm not like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Move, move, move. Like I can actually sit and just listen. Right. Because I know that that's super important. And I right. think that's what makes people feel connected too. Right. I, I, I feel just like I'm just, I do feel like I'm just getting started. I was like at my friend's house this past weekend that I was in Greenville with like my stepkids and visiting my parents and, um, like one of my friend's moms who my best friend, her husband's mom. So like her father-in-law or mother-in-law came out to me. She's like, I just feel like married life is really taken to you. You're really glowing. And I was like, Nancy, I'm a late bloomer, you know, like my whole life. Like I just remember so distinctly wanting to be like, I'll never get to that point. And I always like wanted to be there. And then it like I mean, maybe in 10 years, I'll be like, wow, I really was fucking behind once again. But I do feel like I finally, like, feel like myself. Yeah, I can see that. And it's, like, so nice. It is nice. I feel like I could just take on the world. But then I'm like, is it all going to end in three years when I turn 40? So this is, but this is also Kira's thing. I said to her the other day, I said, because this is my question for her, when are you going to have a baby? And your response is, why would I have a baby when? When I don't have time? No, when no. When my life is so wonderful? When AI takes over the world. <laughs> oh, yeah, I did say when AI is taking over the world, we'll all be dead in three years. Why would I have a baby? And she said, well, if we're all going to be dead, you might as well have a baby, which I guess is true, but we'll see what happens with that AI. It's dark. Do you think, you're, do you think you'll ever have a baby? Literally the only person I could ask that to. <laughs> <laughs> um... Like, really in your heart. Close your eyes for a minute. I mean, I've thought about it a ton. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it'll make or break you. I, I, I guess, like, I know that I'm, like, resilient and, like, I, you know, I could, I cannot, I can only sleep for three hours for the next three years, whatever. Like, I could be fine, probably. But I just worry about a part of my life that I love so much being sacrificed, even though I know that you have to sacrifice to have kids, but I'm like, do I want to sacrifice? But I think that's why, and this is no diss on anyone that has children a little bit later in life. I had the twins when I was 35, but I think that's why like our bodies are supposed to have babies young, maybe. Yeah. Well, also the egg quality, but because I mean, at this point, even though John and I went to Miami like two weekends ago and had a few drinks and some snacks and 
decided we were going to have another baby. Oh. But then the next morning we woke up. I was like, Ken, I was Ken. I was Ken. That <laughs> just made my heart stop. I was like, no, we can't go through this. Me too. <laughs> um, I just think it'd be really hard right now with my life where it is on the trajectory that it is to put that in there. But I would yeah. do it. I mean, I think like there's, it's like two, there's like two options. Well, I mean, there's more than this, but say you have like a baby in like your mid to late twenties, it's like, Oh, you don't have the resources. You don't have this, but like you can bootstrap it. You can figure it out. And then you're then like, you can figure out things later. Then when you're like mid to late thirties, it's like, no, I have this fucking amazing life. Well, you do. Not everyone does. But maybe now that I'm thinking about it, this is how the patriarchy brainwashes us into having children. <laughs> this wasn't going to be about men and women, but here we go. <laughs> but it's like, it's so when I was at home this past weekend, my mom asked this woman who's like, a, like best friends with my family was like, are you ever going to have a child? And which first off, then I had to give my mom a lecture. How about old, but the, how old is this woman? Same age as me. Oh. Well, one year younger. And this she is like, married. No, she Not lives with, married, no, she lives with her like long-term partner. She, Lauren, my family friend was like, I just don't know if it's in the cards for me. And I just feel like I don't necessarily want to make the time for it. And my mom was like, well, she was like, I always feel like it's sad if you don't have children, then like, what's your legacy? And I was like, Oh mama. Because, <laughs> wow. Way to get me riled up. But I was so what like, did you say? I said, there's way more fucking ways to leave a legacy than that. Like, you know, it's like, I mean, not to be totally over the top, but like you think Beyonce's legacy is blue Ivy. It's like, no, like you can be a le- you can have a legacy without having a child. There's nothing to do with it. Right. And saying that a woman cannot have a legacy without having a child is so like feeding in to what we've been told our entire lives. Mm-hmm. And so then it's just like, See, I don't see my kids like that, though. Like, I, like, love them. Right. They're part of my life. that's also because you've had them for a long time now. I mean, medium. Six years. So you don't know, like, and I mean, I think that's, I mean, I was also shocked because I wouldn't think my mother would think that I was her legacy, but like, wow, now even more pressure. (laughs) But um, I don't know, it's just, it's always like the question of, and this comes back to everything that we've been talking about the whole time, as it always does. Is this what you want or is this what you're made to think you want? Who knows the difference anymore? I guess there is no difference. Like it's impossible to, dis- to <laughs> distill. Is so it's dumb. impossible to distill your thoughts down take to Take a that. right, take a left. You'll meet in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> well, not really. You'll actually go to opposite Or will sides. you? <laughs> <laughs> as evidenced by our political parties in America right now. True. Um, so what do you think's next on the horizon for you? I don't know. I mean, first of all, you have to stop okay, shaking I'm your sorry. leg. It's so out of control. You don't even know you're doing it. I know. I don't know, but you do. I do. I mean, I would like to, I would, as I've said, I'd like to open another studio. I've been looking at spaces. Nothing has really come up that I like. I'm very, very, very particular about real estate, where we go. Right. Um, in Charleston or elsewhere? Still want to do one more in Charleston. Okay. And then we'll talk about that. Um, I am taking some good time off this summer to be with my legacies. Oh, okay. <laughs> Those sweet little <laughs> legacies of yours. 
And wait, what else is going on in my life? When you're 65, what do you think you'll be doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm just asking. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. What do you think I'll be doing? I don't think like that. I just had Tom and Jen Hodges on the podcast and I know this is totally different, but he was talking a lot about like forecasting and how that's just not what he wants, how he wants to live and da, da, da. And I'm like, I can relate to that even on a different level. Right. Like if that's just so anxiety inducing to me, that's why I hate when people are like, let's goal set. I'm like, no, I don't want a fucking goal set. Yeah. I just want to live my life and like do the best I can. So if someone was like a, like a hundred percent well-known renowned psychic, you knew that what she said was going to be true and she could tell you where you'd be at 65. Would you want that or no? Where do you think of these questions? <laughs> All right. What would you do? I would not. I would not want to Lindsay? know. Lindsay? I want to know either then. I'll do what you guys do. <laughs> that would be, I mean, that is making me sweat thinking about it. It really yeah, is. Yeah, because then you're li- literally like talk about like self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. Okay. Okay. 65. Who knows? I know. I'm like, will you still be in an aloe sports bra and aloe leggings teaching I could be. the works? Hopefully, whoever's listening, this thing is pretty awesome. You may want to buy it someday. <laughs> yeah. We, any investors? All right. So 65, that would make my children. Jeez. Waylon would be? 30. He'd be 35. Yeah. I'll be a grandma, hopefully. And the twins will be 32. Somebody's got to have a kid. Somebody's got to have a legacy around here. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, but can you imagine? Like, you remember, when, did you ever watch the, um, the Jetsons when you were little? The Jets. The Jetsons. No, Jetsons. Like, that's what I used to think the future was going to be like. Well, it may be, but not quite so happy. No. Well, geez. <laughs> I mean, according to you, it's not even, I won't even make it to 65, so. <laughs> Prove me wrong, you know? All right, let's talk about your next collection. Okay. Um, what do you want to know? What is it? Oh, well, it's called Happy Place. And, you know, I was telling Sarah, I was, I was going to do this like esoteric kind of more conceptual idea surrounded by a Mary Oliver poem because I'm obsessed with her right now. And she just puts things into such beautiful distilled ways of speaking. And I wanted to, you know, do my whole collection around that. And then after this whole thing happened with Megan, I was like, no. I just want things to be happy and I'm not like a toxic positivity person, although I can't stand negative people, but I like, I was like, I just want to like everyone to feel like they can have a happy place, a safe place, something that's like colorful, bright, like to feel like they're loved and supported. And then, you know, it was pride month. So that really was just a perfect little continuation of the two. Mm -hmm. And so I'm doing a bunch of big pieces, which makes me want to vomit even thinking about it. Because? And... Because big pieces cost a lot more money, and asking for a lot more money makes me want to vomit. And I was telling Sarah last week that, um, like, I haven't taken commissions in so long just because they're they kind of they're hard for me creatively, creativity, creativity, creatively. Wow. 
Who's the student now? I was now? trying to add an extra syllable. Lindsay's like, yeah, dumb fucks okay. creatively. I, not me. I'm not a dumb fuck. I knew that. <laughs> I don't know why. That, okay. Um, I've only had half a glass of champagne, guys, but creatively. Creatively, commissions are difficult for me. And so I hadn't taken them in so long. And then two people emailed me last week. And they and, and I was she's grateful for you. I am so grateful for those two people. And I'm grateful for everyone that's asked for commission. I've said no. Like, I do appreciate you. And then I sent them back prices, and then I didn't hear anything. And so that was like a real ego fuck. But this is what I said to Kira. It's quality over quantity, right? Less is more. Like, we were talking about this. We sat on the bench outside of the studio. I mean, her and I can have these 20-minute talks that, like, literally, <laughs> bing, you're just changing my life. And I was like, you know, I charge a lot to do one-on-one privates, especially for people I don't know because I always feel like a jerk texting, I mean, texting, asking for the kind of money that I want for people I know, which shouldn't I shouldn't, but that's just still in my head. But if people don't respond, then that's okay. Like, like I said to you, I'm like, I don't want to do it. And you're like, I don't want to do it either. So it's like, <laughs> might as well ask for what you want. No, it's just like, it's like the rejection of it is so Well, it's hard. like when people don't respond, you're like, mwah, mwah. Yeah, you're just like, oh. You know, they're like, Emma, go. And then I'm like, never check my email. And now I'm like refreshing my email. Like, must have gotten lost somewhere in here. Hey, it's me again. Did you see the price sheet? I'll give you 10% off. Actually, I'll show it for free. I'm like, oh my God, that was actually a fake price sheet. Yeah. Let me send you this other one from four years ago. Yeah. See, you got to know your worth though. I know, but that is, that is like one of the hardest things for me. Yeah. Cause like I just For wish, anybody. But some people it doesn't bother. No bullshit. Cause it's like, you got to know your worth in so many different places. Some people get, can do it in a relationship. Some people can do it in their art. Some people can do it with their job. Some people can do it with the way they eat or their body. But like we all, I, I believe everybody has something where they're like questioning it. It's just, we all are. Some of us are lucky and we question everything. <laughs> yeah. Every area. Yeah. I know. I have like, I wrote on my, like in my studio, I have a sign up that says like, know your worth. And I like, it's right above my light switch. And so like every day I'm like, know your worth. And then I'm like, oh God, I don't know my worth. It's like, you know your worth. I do know my worth, but it's just like, it's like going back to where we started, the leveling up. Every time you level up, you have to go through the same fucking learning process yep. where you're like, I've already been here. Why am I having the same freak So I felt out? when I opened this studio and the other studio and everything. And it's just like, I've already been here. Yeah. Welcome home, bitch. Life. <laughs> I mean, like. <laughs> and, it's, and some stuff beca- that, some stuff that used to be so hard is so second nature now, but you still have that like reckoning. Well, the better your- you get, the better you get. Yeah. Right. So there's always something evolving. So it's like the, the more you're in demand, the more opportunities you have, the more you have to learn how to negotiate your value or to say no, or to deal with rejection. Like, you know, it's like the more I put myself out there, the more rejection I'm going to have. But if I don't put myself out there at all, I'm never going to grow. Yeah, I remember one time, this is like two years ago, it was before I'd ever Go had, ahead. I'd ever done a, no, 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 oh, this isn't oh. how I am, but I, before I'd ever had a collection release, and I don't even know, honestly, what this woman's name is, but like, you had this idea, this is also hilarious, and you're so sweet for inviting me to this <laughs> women's business group, because like, I knew, I literally like, what was it? It was so, we, there was like a name for it, we like met one time. 
Oh, with like you, me, Ashley Martin, and like Jane Pope or something? And, um, uh. Oh, Kate from Basic yes, Kitchen. Yes, and Carter. And Kate from Basic Kitchen, she wasn't saying this about herself, but she was saying about one of her friends. Wow, we did. We met once. One time. We had a name, too. Like, the baddest women's business. Something really dumb. All the people there, like, own multiple companies. And I was, like, thinking of starting a painting group. (laughs) I never sold anything. And so we, like, met. And we were just, like, talking about. And I was just, like, you know, sucking in everyone's words. Because I'm just, like, I don't. All these women are so successful. I'm going to get out some homework. Yeah. I was, like, all these women are so successful. But we were, like, talking. And I remember Kate was saying how one of her friends was, like, I don't get out of bed for less than $5,000 a day. And I was like, oh, that's sexy. I was like, I want to be that person. Yeah. How do you get to be that person? So I guess like for me, my biggest piece of advice for myself, if I wake up, I look at the roster and there's not like a thousand person wait list. It's like, Sarah, these are the people that need to hear what you're saying today. Yeah. Whether it's two or 200. And that really does resonate with me. And, and I'm, I, I'm not just saying that because we're, I have to say that. I mean that. Like, that is what I remind myself all the time. Like, you can be in a room of, like, 500 people, and if one person hears what you have to say and it helps, it really is impactful. Because I've been that person in a room or at a concert with, like, thousands and thousands of people. And I'm like, holy shit, like, that hit my heart. And yeah. it changed something for me. Yeah. And that is the gift of, like, storytelling and community and, like, being part of that conversation of, like, being honest. And it really does come back to like with all creative pursuits, it's like the granular part of who are you speaking to and what do you want them to know and how do you want to share your truth with them? And that can be like on a one-on-one thing. And then like, it's the gratitude of it all that like is the thing that gets lost in the ego. Cause if I think about it on a small level, it's like, of course I'm grateful for every single person that's ever bought my art, even like, a sticker, you know, like I'm so grateful, but then you get caught up in this bigger story when you just need to focus on like, like you said, storytelling. How are you telling your story through your art? And the people that are going to buy into what you're sharing are the people that need to. Right. It's not for everybody. I don't want to be for the mass fucking market. If I did, I could have sold out a long time ago and I'm, I really mean that. Yeah. So we could be sitting on an Island somewhere right now, but we're sitting in meeting street. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I fucked that one up. (laughs) Talking to nobody. Just kidding. Y'all better still be listening. All right, y'all. You know where you can check out Kira at? Kira Gonzalez. K-I-I-R-A-G-O-N-Z-A-L-E-Z. And... Insta? Insta. Website. um, And at some point, she really will change her last name. I really will. I was saying before we started, I got my military spouse ID yesterday. And so, you know, went to the commissary, bought my cheap bottle of tequila, was really feeling like a patriot. And yeah, release at the end of June. And her her husband's in the military. Oh, yes. He's military. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. military. Okay. Sorry, I didn't clarify. Because people are like, well, what what, does she join the military? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't join the military. David's military. Um, And we'll do a release at the end of June. And even if it doesn't sell out in 10 minutes, I know y'all will fucking sell it out at least in a day. So don't make me cry. We'll be good. As always, share it with your friends, rate us, review us. And guys, so the way that we're doing podcasts right now too is I'm kind of pulling back and in a little bit. Like we're just playing around with different things. We're pulling both back and in. So we're really doing nothing. (laughs) Um, We ended in the middle. (laughs) If there's a, a topic you're dying to hear, I'd love to hear. I get a lot of messages, a lot. And I'm not kidding. Like 
not just saying this, of people that are like, hey, my friend opened this business, you should interview them. And I'm sure they're fascinating, but like, I want to talk to people that will talk to me. I want to talk to people that have like stories or that want to have conversation. Like sometimes people want to come on the podcast um, and it's like they just want to sell their business. And that's great. We do ads. Those sell like crazy. But if you have like a crazy story or you know someone that has a crazy story or a great story or a sad story or just a story, share with me and we can talk to them. Have a great day. Share with your Bye. friends. Write us. Rate us. Review us. Love us.